Welcome to the Play Cousin Podcast. As you know, we got more issues in slavery, but let's get hold though. Presented by the Black Wholeness Collective, the only site designed for African descendants to be perfectly made whole in mind, body, and spirit. What's up, Stevie T? What's going on, Ms. Diana? How are you? You know, I'm feeling able, Steve. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty all right. I I can't complain. How are you? I'm feeling good. Like, you know, we had a great weekend in terms of weather-wise. Uh, had me a little anxious because, you know, you know, outside's still closed. And it's just making me think, oh, man, how am I going to act for the rest of the summer, you know, trying to make these adjustments to this new normal. But other than that, I really enjoyed my weekend. Yeah, you know, you actually just kind of reminded me that we did just come off a weekend. Um, so I, too, had a good weekend. Um it was actually really good. I uh, I went to a friend's house on Saturday and had a good time. And then Sunday is my uh, turn off everything. That's my selfie care Sunday and did amazing things in that. And and really, to be quite honest, I ain't even going to lie to y'all. I would I, I don't mean to sound ridiculous, but I almost forgot that we had a show to shoot this morning. And so I had such a great relaxing weekend. <laughs> That's why you didn't get the show notes, Steve, until today at 11 o'clock. Ashley, you know, our, our interviewer didn't get an email or a text message until 11 o'clock because I was so, I had such a relaxing weekend. I totally forgot what I was doing on Monday. It was crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> good times. So that's 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 wow. You know, I mean, hey, this is what happens when you take care of yourself. That means that sometimes you don't do all the things that you said you was gonna do, right? Doesn't mean your word don't matter, but it, it happened <laughs> to me. It happened to me. So yeah, exactly. Let's kick it off with our shout outs. I know I always go first, Steve, so I'm gonna start you off. Right. What are your show shout outs for this episode? Okay. Uh shout outs definitely to uh my moms, my sister, you know, um, everybody out there, first responders working. Um, just want to say that I really do appreciate everything that they're doing for us. Um, and also just shout out to like everybody that's going through something right now who doesn't have uh, the ability to socialize with people because people are actually energy. So I, I definitely want to shout out to them because I know this is rough right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my shout out, you know, I always want to first have my first shout out to God. Right. Um, first, want to give honor to God, my shout out. And next shout out is to Mahogany Bookstore and Anacostia Art Center. They um, they helped me tackle a big rock. I had been trying to get a book, a particular book since December of 2019. And I stopped fighting myself and, and really went to the only black book that has held me down and they were able to get the book. I got the book this weekend. And um, lastly, my shout out is to this tree. It was a really, really beautiful tree I saw while I was walking. And that tree was so beautiful. It helped me get some clarity. It was just, it was so crazy. It was probably like the most brightest, beautifulest colored tree I'd ever seen. And um, I don't know, it was something about the tree. You know, the tree was, I didn't know it was burning. If it was on fire, I didn't know. Um, but it was just really amazing and it just helped me. Mm, all right. Shout out to nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to nature. Right, right. Shout out to nature. Mother nature. Um, <laughs> you know, Steve, you always come with the good ladies. Man. You're the best co-host, yo. You're trying to get the best co-host award. We're going to have to start giving out awards 
Oh, man. Who going to get the award? Like, right? Like, <laughs> um, so let's keep it moving, man. Let's go, let's go on the black news, man, where we talk about the good, the bad, the foolish, and the great. What you got, Stevie P, in black news? Oh, man. So I guess this weekend, you know, was the, uh, let's see. You know, it was the end of the uh, Michael Jordan Bulls uh, documentary that everybody's been watching for the last five weeks. Um, I still haven't watched the final, final episode, which, you know, that made uh, a lot of big news this weekend. Um, awesome Black News, you know, uh, Obama and uh, LeBron James, uh, you know, the, the celebrations for the education for all the uh, students grad that uh, couldn't have a graduation. So like, I was watching the, um, a few of those videos uh, with my mom. Or whatever, it was just good to see. I know it's it's interesting for these kids, uh, and like even the young adults that have graduated college, uh, that for them to go through this during this time and trying to see, you know, trying to figure out like how they're going to be able to adjust. I, I I've really seen a lot of young people having a hard time uh, with what's going on in this country, and to traditionally not have, you know, that moment of walking across the stage in front of all your family, and then you know preparing for college and you might not be able to get that experience of moving on campus because we just don't know what's going on with this virus. So, you know, that's, that's really was on my radar this weekend. It kind of brought it all back, you know, into perspective and watching what LeBron did is just kind of solidifies to me, just like even off the court is one of the greatest people like in, in history because using, using um, his platform the way that he does. And it's just, dope to see like a, a a brother you know who's a family man and you know just you know making a difference in the world and being influential and utilizing his platform to the fullest so that's that's really what caught my eye this weekend yeah that's um i had to i had to mark off one you know you took one of mine to graduation so um i would say mine of course i think this is my news until outside opens back up officially right jokes on you we still alive Right. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, we lost, uh, we lost little Richard and Andre Harrell um, not too long ago. And um, I would just say, you know, they're gone, but they live to not ever be forgotten. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a great way for us to model our lives to, you know, how are we live in our lives um, for the people that care about us when we when we do go. Can we can we say we lived our lives in a way that we could never be forgotten? So that's kind of my black news uh, for this week. Sorry, it's a little somber, but you know, it's it is what it is. Sometimes yeah. it, you know, in a, in a four hour day, we got up, we got down, and we without those two, huh? Yeah, I mean, without those two, we we they those two are responsible for so much of what we have today. Right. So it's just right. it's right. sad, you know. You, right. you go back right. and look and say like. Damn, like, oh, that because of him we have X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, right. you know, right. it's, it's crazy. So 2020. much. 2020, <laughs> yeah. You know, hashtag just 2020. We don't even need a hashtag, really. You could just say 2020, and everybody be like, I get it, <laughs> understand. So, yeah. Um, let's move on to Black Lesson. Something that you learned during the week or from. Uh, you know, your day that you want to share, you know, give, give us your casual perspective for a perspective. What was your black lesson for the week, Stevie? Oh, man. 
Um, let me see. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like, and I'm not trying to steer this politically at all right now, but just watching what our, what's going on in the world and the reaction to it, like, you know, outside opening up in some cities and states, excuse me. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think. <laughs> like the, like the way that, like, I know the end game of what this, uh, you know, the president is doing and in a funny way, you know, I think he's hurting even his base in the sense that, you know, with the uh, Democrats passing the um, trying to pass the new stimulus uh, package to go up to the uh, executive's office. And he's already said, I'm not signing it. But it's like, hey, man, everybody is hurting. Like you're even your base. Yeah, like, because at the end of the day, this this thing is an equalizer. This 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 thing is hurting everybody. Black, yeah, white, like that green, word. yellow, whatever. Like it, it just made me think about a quote that I saw that uh, you know um, the president said years ago. Um, you know, if I were to ever run for office, I would run for I would run as a Republican because they're dumb. You know, mm. and you know, it was just kind of funny. It's just like yo, know, how people forget that he actually said that. He said yeah. I think he said that on Oprah. He said, oh, wow. cool. he said, if I were to ever run for, uh, run for, I would ever run for president, I would run as a Republican because they're dumb. <laughs> it is like, here we are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> basically. Um, wow. I will say, you know, Steve, you know, Stevie P, you always come with the, you come, you come with, you come with the meat, right? I always feel a little childish in mine. Um, but my, uh, my lesson, my black lesson and, and for the week um, was support feels like you're being supported and held up. Um, close little story. Uh, had some friends send me some pictures or video chat me um, and they were they were rocking their black holiness collective shirts. This is not a shameless plug. I think the whole podcast ends up being a shameless plug. Right. But honestly, they what they didn't realize was that that even that little that little small thing to them. Right. Making sure that I knew that they were rocking, um, you know, they had gotten their purchases, they had gotten their um, deliveries and shipments and whatnot. Like it was helping in other areas where I didn't feel as whole and I didn't feel as supported by particular people. You know, you know, it's almost like the whole world could love you but you really want love from that one person. And when you don't get it, it's like, it doesn't matter from everybody else. Um, and just kind of like recognizing I with that within myself so much that oftentimes, you know, just because the support doesn't come from the direct people that I want it from and it comes from other people, it doesn't mean that I'm not supported. And so that black lesson uh, really, really hit home to me that support feels like you're being held up and, Sometimes it's not going to come from the direct people that you want, but the, the fact that it comes at all is really the blessing. And that was just, you know, that was my black lesson for the week. So, of course, we here for a reason, right? Uh, this is the moment where, you know, we put the we, we put our, our sound guy to work. And, you know, I'm not I'm not ever going to do any sounds with my mouth again. I think we've learned from episode one that I shouldn't do that. I mean, no, the budget is zero, but. You know what I mean? We got people pushing buttons behind the scenes. Push the button. Push the button, Ty. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button.
The Black topic of the show today is Black Therapy Trilogy. Why is it a trilogy? Because we're going to have at least three more shows in total to talk about Black Therapy because Black Therapy is um, is a conversation that we just can't drive by, right? We can't just roll up on this jank and be like, all right, yo, we out. Skirt. Mental health does not have to be a tragedy. So coming to you live is the Black Therapy Trilogy. Uh, today, we are going to be sitting down and talking to the amazing Ashley Palmer. She is a licensed therapist. She's uh, practicing from a social justice framework. She's increasing the understanding of mental health, reducing stigmas, and supporting your inner work that you have to do on yourself. She is a Baltimore City native, and she earned her bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in counseling psychology from Townsend, Towson University. want to welcome Ashley Palmer, everyone. Welcome. Hey, Ashley. Good morning. Well, afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. <laughs> great. Hey, girl. So um, I want to make sure that we can hear you just a little bit, Ashley, if you want to come a little closer to your speaker. And we're going to put Ty to work because we're going to ask Ty to, to roll your vocals up anyway. Not, not a problem. Okay. Okay. Hopefully this is somewhat better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that's so much better. So first thing out the gate, Ashley, I want you to talk about the importance um, not only the importance of therapy, but why we have to make black therapy the conversation of importance. Mm. Um, black therapy is it the conversation of importance? Yeah. Why? Why? Why is it? Why should we? We should. We of course we should talk about therapy. But why do you think that there is an importance that we should actually highlight black therapy as a discussion? Um, I think it definitely needs to be a separate discussion because um, as black people in this country, at least, we have a very different experience from others. Um, So we need to separate that from therapy in general, Um, speaking on black mental health, um, again, because we experience things differently, right? The trauma that comes with our history here. Um, in this country, in the U.S., um, the experiences that we have on a day-to-day basis does not look like everyone else's. Um, even within our identity of being black, we have different subcultures. And so we have to also analyze and consider that um, we don't have a homogenous experience. Um, so it's really important to separate it. And that way we can really holistically look at us as black people and make sure that we're treating our our mental health um, as it should be and appropriately treating our mental illnesses. Mm, that's dope. That's really that's really dope. You you say so many amazing things, um, you know, outside of you being my friend, because, of course, I enjoy you. I, I know who you are in and outside of the social media streets. But with your Instagram page in session with Ashley, I have been completely like hit to the chest with many of your postings. And one posting in particular that like really, I'm not even gonna lie to you, girl, I, I had to put my phone down and kind of like hold myself and rock back and forth. Um, one of the quotes said, that civil war between your inner child and the adult you are today is one of the most difficult fights you'll face. Talk to us a little bit about that civil war between the inner child 
um, that you're that you're speaking of here? You know, when I when I wrote that, uh, I'll typically take notes when things come to mind um, for me. And I sat on that quote for a minute because I was um, debating on titling it the Civil War. Right. Um, not to strike anyone that it has to be a war, but for a lot of people it is. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't really like generalizing, uh, but speaking to people specifically. Um, that particular quote, um, I think it's something that we all battle with. I don't think there is anyone who doesn't struggle or challenge with in some way um, the difference between their inner child's experience and who they have become or evolved into as an adult. So when I say it's one of the most difficult fights you'll face, that comes from a place of unconscious challenges. Um, We are raised differently with similar experiences, even starting from infancy. You know, you cry as a natural reaction. And, you know, some parents tend to that and some parents don't. But based upon how we're raised, we shift our development and those experiences. Um, you get older. You know, if you are a little child, let's say a, a little boy, a black boy, in most common households, you cry, you're told not to cry. You know, man up. I'm, I'll give you something to cry about. Um, and, you know, with that, a seed is planted, right? Something that you're taught is it's not okay for me to cry um, as a man Mm -hmm. because I'm a man, because I'm masculine, you know, and this binary um, woman and man, our heteronormative um, world or culture more so. um, And then you grow up and you become a man who feels like, you know, crying is a weakness, it's not something I should do. And you have a moment where you're sad and you, you know, that, that feeling is not okay. I can't cry. And you may lash out of anger in some way. Um, but it starts with the inner child, you know, like what's happening inside that's telling you that it's not okay to cry as a man. That's, that's that, that child is still speaking to you. Um, mm-hmm. It, 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 that's interesting um, what you said because like it just kind of had me reflecting for a second even in my life like you know you know I was um you know I remember my father like allowed me to be vulnerable like you know like you know let me get it out and then like we would talk I I, I just kind of re- reflecting on um a time when like uh, I think I was in middle school and I went out for my middle school basketball team in sixth grade. And like, like I, it was like one of the moments like, man, I knew I was like the best person on the court, but I was just really, really short and, you know, not making a team and, you know, riding home. I'm trying to be tough riding home. You know, my dad's talking to me and then it's just kind of like we get to the house and I just like go upstairs and I just lose it. And I just remember him like coming and pick to grab me and he just like hugged me, and let me cry. And it was just like. Man, it was like just thinking about it and just reflecting on what you were just saying. I was like, how many of us, especially young brothers that don't get to experience that? And it sounds even crazy saying like, 
experiencing like having a father, like having your father in your life is a positive role model. And I could be like, I just, you know, having to think to think for our community that that's a thing like that. We it's not a regular way. It should be a norm and it's not a norm. But like me doing that, just probably like think about what that might have did for me just as through life. I've never really thought about it now until you just said that. You know, I always kind of looked at it from a standpoint of, you know, I have, you know, of course, unfortunately, the stereotypical, like, you know, single mother raising, you know, you know, kids, especially a young man. And you could see, like, the deficiencies in him as as a, as a in his growth in terms of, like, development and what he's lacking. It's like you almost can pinpoint, like, yeah, he. I don't think he had a positive male role model in his life, and you see it like, the way he lashes out the him being overly aggressive when it's not necessary or being super defensive. So, like, yeah, like I, I, I never really thought about that until what you just said. Or he may have, you know, had someone in his life that modeled that same behavior for him. Right, right. Steve, you say something that like really kind of hit me as I was as I was writing down the note. Um, you know, my dad let me cry and held me. And then when you said how many men don't have that experience, and then I, I had to replace it and say, how many women? I don't have that experience as a yeah as a black woman, as a black child growing up with only my mother in the household. And she really didn't have that type of time between working two jobs and taking care of three children. And, you know, we substituted... Um, I will say in my household, we substituted, you know, that I love you because the lights are on or there's food in the refrigerator and recognizing that, you know, a lot of times as Ashley, you're talking about this civil war between the inner child. Um, you know, my inner child is still waiting to, to be like loved in those intimate ways, such as a hug, um, saying physically that I love you and not saying, well, you knew I did um, because there's a difference, you know. Um, wow, that. Yeah, Ooh. definitely. You know, from piggybacking on what Steve uh, was saying, that, you know, model the behavior that's modeled for you is also something that you're being taught. Um, so when you are taught, you know, to be ashamed of things or um, to love a certain way or, um, you know, if you cry, um, not cry, I'm sorry, if you say no, you know, like as what, like a two-year-old saying no and you're taught that not saying, saying no is not okay, you know, like you, you then teach, there's a lesson in that as well. And as you develop, you just compound on top of those things and then you you know, you grow up into an adult and you're thrust into a world where all these expectations are set and we have these these social norms. Um, and then if you don't fit into certain puzzles or models, um, you don't have a certain look or you don't react or act a certain way, um, it's seen as abnormal. And that's where the struggle begins. Mm, yeah. Ooh, I'm going to tell you right now that that kind of made me emotional. Um, I thank God I have a running seven o'clock therapy appointment every Thursday. 
Um, because interestingly enough, we are at a point where, and you know, it's, it's funny, but it's not like, no, for real. Shouts out to my therapist. She, she know who she is and she going to see me roll up on this virtual network at seven o'clock. Like, look at who you came to see. Um, but you know, we, and we're getting to a point, I feel comfortable enough saying we're getting to a point where we are done tackling my adult issues so much that we are at the inner child and we are discussing the traumas experienced from an, from childhood. And it brings me right to this question um, for you, Ashley. You put up something that, woo, girl, yet again, I was holding myself, rocking back and forth, and I definitely dropped a thug tear on this. Chronic depression. Depression was once your survival resource. It made you smaller and less of a target. Losing interest in things took away the power of your interest being weaponized. Hopelessness avoided disappointment and isolation prevented rejection. Are you still protecting yourself from something? How is depression serving you now? The content that you provided in the quote allowed me to ask this question. Chronic depression from childhood trauma and abuse as adults find themselves in chronic depression, what is your thought of how we even go about dealing with this thing? Hey, what's good with y'all cousins? Hey, look, it's your boy Ty Westbrook, the actual producer of the show. And look here, we ain't giving y'all the rest of the show until y'all cough up that dope. So look, we work extremely hard in putting this together for y'all. So in order for me to feel like I get the rewards for my labor, y'all gonna have to pay some of that paper. So pay some of that paper so we can give y'all the rest of this black hole collecting this beauty here from yours truly and sister Diana and your man Stevie P. And we out. Party's playing, haters want to do it.